Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! I'm back, and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass! That's how it's done. Listening to Rob and Slim interviews with Rob. Sports, am I right? And Slim. What about politics? Internet radio's finest. Rob and Slim show. Hey guys, it's Isaac Thorne. Isaac, how are you, dude? I'm well. How are you guys? Good, good. We're enjoying. We're enjoying the weather finally cooling off a little. I don't know about down there in Tennessee, but it's been so hot. So hot up here. And, like, humid and <laughs> disgusting. But then yesterday, like, it was 80 degrees when I left my house for work. And then by my first break, it was, like, 40. It was freezing. It was too much, too drastic, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, we're having we're having the extreme swings down here, too. But you guys, I think, have a... Uh, uh, huge thunderstorm headed your way well we did mistaken we had some like oh you've uh, already had it nor'east or something yeah new england got hit the worst like north jersey and all uh we didn't have it as much but we did have a lot of rain down here a lot of rain and shit but uh all that garbage how have you been down there man I've been doing okay. You know, I I was looking forward to fall all summer, and then summer lasted about a month longer than it should have. It's probably going to be bad, uh, <laughs> I feel. I feel like it's going to... But it's, it's finally good. <laughs> nice. Nice. And uh, as you know, this is our last season, my friend. We, you've been around for a while. You've been with us, I think, second or third season. So thank you. Thank you for Since... all the great conversations and all that. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's been since 2016 at least. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I've, I've been a fan of the show, you know, for forever. So, uh, sad to see you go, but um, also understand that that times change and you got to do what you got to do. You know. Yeah. And there's other guys like the king of radio show. We we gotta we gotta let him. Yeah. We gotta let him reign. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man i was gonna ask too isaac and i do appreciate and you mentioned being a listener of the show as well uh with or without slambo better worse same oh man i i i, I hate to diss slambo but i i really haven't noticed that much of a difference he never really <laughs> added too much you and us both my friend and probably everyone else he never added much and he was more like a prop yeah, <laughs> yeah. or when i needed him to yeah. like pour shit on himself right. in, in the bathroom like he was he was stunt boy he was stunt boy if we know uh if we want to be real and uh i don't know right. You've listened for so long. Do you feel like the show's gotten better over time? Uh, or what, like favorite moment, favorite interview, any of it, any of it? 
Oh, it's absolutely gotten better. I mean, your your interview techniques have have improved, um, and you you kept getting you know like better and better guests, or not better, but uh, more high profile yeah. guests uh, yeah. over the years too. Like, um, oh, uh, Spencer Grammer. Yes, um, I thought that was a a really good interview. The guys did with her and uh sorry that she hasn't been, i honestly thought she would be a a return guest over the years i was but, hoping uh, too i've even asked her and but frankie yeah um, <laughs> frankie so good <laughs> so good yeah no and I, i've always thought like frankie too. and i frankie and i followed each other on uh twitter awesome that's we, awesome. We followed each other on Twitter after he appeared on your show. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, and like, I've always been a little amazed myself. I mean, you know, we've had a good guest, and then, like, I'll still get good guests. Like, or, or like you said, high profile. Like, it's never, like, it's never yeah. over. Never over till it's over. But uh, thank you, too, though, Isaac, for uh, helping me with my next project and making that awesome intro for the Robert Two Crow show. <laughs> absolutely i you know sometimes i and i couldn't believe when you sent me the sound bites i couldn't believe what those crows were, were saying you know right. that, that might be a little too spicy to put in that intro there but it, it might know. be but uh, they're better than slim <laughs> he, he actually brought two more crows with him today so we yeah. now have four crows well yeah but i don't use the same crows twice in in my right. show <laughs> never repeat a crow. you only keep the old crows around if you know what i mean huh <laughs> Isaac, I, I, I'm pretty sure you've said before October is your busiest time of the year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's, uh, I mean, that's, it, it's busy for me, you know, both in work and personally. Um, honestly, I used to take actually take as much time off work as I could in October because just. There's a lot going on, um, going on outside in in my personal life in those in uh, in that month for some reason it always ends up that way, but uh, definitely I I get on uh, many more podcasts in October and um, and uh, there's just a lot to keep up with, you know. <laughs> Do you notice um, <coughs> your book sales? Do they go? <coughs> Sorry. I got my asthma going on. Do you um do you notice your book sales uh jump in in October? I haven't noticed it this year. I will say that in the past, um, in the past, I've usually tried to to release something free or new in October that that would kind of boost all that. And this time, I didn't. I just never got around to it. I've I've got a few things that are due to other people um, and other publications that, uh, that I'm still trying to, to crank out before the end of the month. Um, uh, so I haven't noticed it as much this year as I have in the past. Okay. That's what I didn't know. I didn't know if just the time of year, like drew people more to you or, or that kind of a thing, or even somebody that maybe oh, considered so... buying it before they're like, okay, yeah now, yeah, now it's the time of year for this kind of a thing. So, yeah, oh, and there's so much competition in in October for horror stuff. Okay. Anyway, for horror entertainment, you know, whether it's it's stuff you're reading or stuff you're watching, I mean, everybody is is uh, you know, has their hands on a, a horror catalog for this month. So so the uh the options are plenty 
and uh, the audience spread thin, you know. Mm. And I wanted to ask too. Uh, I always knew that you did the Scream Radio thing, but uh, what's THN Horror News? Is that is that a new thing you do? It's not new. I've actually been writing for them for a while. Uh, Tennessee Horror News. Um, okay. It is a, uh, a company that uh, two guys in um, Middle and East Tennessee, two lifelong friends, started up a while back, and uh, it's got uh, a, they've got started a podcast called The Horror Basement, um, and. Out of that spawned their website where they they post reviews and news and and they've kind of branched out beyond horror now but uh, but I write movie reviews and and uh, stuff like that for cool. them from time to time. That's cool. Do they um, approach you uh, or do the filmmakers approach you? It, either way, um, it uh, it used to be that uh, that Jimmy the uh, uh, owner would get screeners and pass them along. Um, but now as I've kind of established myself there, you know, they, they'll either come through him or, or I'll get, um, information directly from a publicist or something like that. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. And how's writing going? I, we know, uh, the last few times we've talked, you said you were working on, uh, a new book in the universe of the Gordon plays. Yeah, it's in in the same universe, in the same town, in fact, but about sixty four years earlier than the the events of the Gordon Place, and it's moving along. I would say I'm I'm uh, more than two thirds done with the draft I'm working on right now, and and hope to have have that complete and in the rewrite stage before the end of the year. Um, and I've I've got a title for it even now. It's called Hell Spring. And uh, it's a new novel that uh, that I'm aiming for a 2022 release on. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had a title yet for it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually released a, a teaser trailer for it, um, I think, last month in September, I think, um, as sort of a motiva- motivator for myself um, because – you let too much time go by and, and other stuff gets in the way and, and you just, you don't, you know, sit down and do the work. So in order to kind of motivate myself to get back to it, I put out this teaser trailer with a coming 2022 date on it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I feel like that's Sorry. a good way to set a deadline for yourself or, or like that you put something out that something's coming. Now you have to deliver on that. Right, exactly. Nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. And uh, do you have anything you could read for us, either from that or Absolutely. from something else? Yeah, I. Uh, and again, this is all first draft, so uh, you know, <laughs> uh, take that for for what it is. Um, cool. Uh, in this in this stage of of writing, it's not polished, so so there's likely to be some run on sentences and stuff along the way. But I picked out what right now is one of my favorite scenes that I've written for it so far, um, and it's kind of late in in the book, like you know, closer to that that two thirds mark. Um, so it doesn't have a chapter number yet or anything, but, uh, but yeah, I've got about words here. I can read for you. Awesome. Thank you, Isaac. And if you guys are ready, I'll start. Yep. Whenever you're ready. Ready to go. Awesome. All right. 
All right, this is from Hellspring. Somewhere in the drowning darkness beyond the walls of Beards General, a feeder line that was poorly maintained by the Hollow County Power Utility swung violently in the thunderstorm's gales. With each fresh gust of hot breath from the atmospheric rage, the line bowed. The repeated strains against the cable splice had separated it enough to create an arc of brilliant orange-yellow light as the current that flowed through it made the valiant effort to continue its journey through Lost Hollow, only to find itself channeled into the open wind, rain, and thunder. It was not enough to sever the line entirely from its mooring, so when the gusts finally bellowed themselves out, the line settled back into its groove, as did the current. Inside Beard's General, the event created a frustrating and terrifying strobe effect. The store's overhead lights flickered on and off as the cable outside strained and relaxed. With every dive into darkness, Peter Mayberry worried that the beast calling herself Marilyn would wake and burst from the depths of her deep freeze before he could secure the door. And with each flooding of brilliant interior light that followed, he had to wait a moment for his eyes to adjust before resuming the work he'd been only feeling his way through seconds earlier. Peter stood with his left foot firmly on the floor in front of the freezer box. The other was raised and pressed hard against the door, leaving a smudgy sole print on the arctic white enamel that he doubted would ever be noticed among the debris from the other damage the creature had caused. Peter noticed a tow chain looped around a hook nearby. It was just the right length and link width to thread around the complete circumference of the appliance once with enough left over at each end to wind multiple passes in a square knot at the door handle. He threaded the two ends of the chain through the handle and used the force of his legs and back against the weight of the box itself to pull it taut. He had just enough time to fix the knot before the next round of darkness enveloped him. He relaxed his hold on the chain ends and stepped back from the freezer, not taking his eyes off where it should have been sitting, even though he couldn't see it at all just then. His shoulders, biceps, thighs, and calves thrummed with relief. He could still feel the pattern of the steel chain links, links sunk into the palms of his hands. He must have been gripping them hard indeed. Would their makeshift prison, would their makeshift prison box hold her for how long? He couldn't be sure. With the others reduced to, well, whatever it was they had been reduced to, he'd just have to pray that it would hold, at least until the thunderstorm and its downpours passed, or sunup, whichever came first. The lights flickered on again. In front of him, the freezer held fast shut. Peter sighed, relieved, but a skittering sound from somewhere behind him made short work of his comfort. He wheeled around to find five of the six tiny, shining black creatures that had once been his lost hollow friends and neighbors gathered in a loose semicircle on the floor before him. They had somehow managed to scale the smooth interior of the Schluter Deluxe mop, mop bucket he had dropped them into one by one over the course of the night. They stood still around him, as if they'd been watching with interest his progress on Marilyn's new holding cell. The smallest of them, what remained of Theo, he presumed, held a scrap of the bucket's peeling manufacturer's label in one minuscule claw. Peter sat on his haunches in front of the group and pried the scrap of paper loose from the critter's grip. Pinched between his thumb and forefinger, he turned the paper over and held it close to his eyes for examination. White block letters E and A floated before him on a black background. They'd probably been ripped from the word heavy in the company's logo. Quality heavy metalware, it had originally said meaningless.
He allowed the piece of label to flutter to the floor and regarded his new friends through narrowed eyes. What are you now? He asked them. What do you want me to do? There was, of course, no answer. Every pulse of telepathic connectivity he had been able to establish with the others while they were human had diminished now. That night, that might have been because Marilyn was no longer conscious, assuming his own powers happened to depend on his connection to her. He suspected that they did. Then again, he wasn't sure the little beings on the floor in front of him could communicate with him on the level of a human brain, even if they wanted to. Peter shut his eyes and tried to reach out to them anyway, any of them. Well, he reached out to all except Theo, who even when he was human had been nonverbal with a mind full of little but flashes of light, color, random noise that might have been words if he had heard them with an ear that understood them, and the face of his mother. He signaled all four of the others by calling out the names of the other five adults who had taken refuge in the storm. Kathy, Jerry, Eli, Mark, Donna. He imagined his psychic sweep operating like sonar on a submarine, silently scouring the area around him, waiting for that one ping that would echo the presence of another vessel. Alas, not arrived. Peter glanced behind him. The door of the freezer was still shut. No banging, no rocking, no rattling. No signs of life from within. His sonar picked up no signals from Marilyn herself, either. Satisfied that he was alone with the skitterers, at least for a little while, he seated himself crisscross on the floor in front of them and leaned forward, his elbows on his knees and his chin propped atop steepled fingers. He stared at the tiny creatures for a few seconds. They were all a gleaming squid ink black. There were no other markings, nothing that might enable him to determine which had been whom, save for the smallest smallness of the smallest one that was probably Theo. Each of the skitterers had a long segmented abdomen that petered out into a wedge-shaped tail. The tail thinned and fanned at the end so that it became almost transparent at the tip. Each abdomen was connected to a generously wide thorax. The underside edges of the thorax sprouted spindly legs, four to a side. Each of those legs consisted of two long muscular segments that were separated by some kind of backwards-looking knee or elbow joint. Attached to the front of each critter, located just under its beady black eyes and long quivering antenna, was another pair of legs, these thicker than those of the thorax, and on each end of those front legs sat two lobster-like pinchers. Crawdads, Peter thought. The end. Sounds fucking cool, Isaac. I can't wait. Can't wait <laughs> to read it. It sounds like amazing. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. And the, is, is it Hell or Hell's Spring? Hell. Hell Spring. Hell. Okay. Hell Spring. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they are, how they became what they are. And I kind of want to know what the that. what the powers are that like the one yeah. character was getting from the one character that was knocked out. Yeah. I mean, obviously you said they were telepathic, but yeah, yeah. I'd like to know. All will be more. revealed next year. Yeah. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Sweet. Maybe I'll have you back on the Robin Two Crow show. I'm sure we there will. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna ask too, Isaac. Uh, uh, have you seen the new Halloween movie? Is that out yet? I have. I have seen it. I was going to wait until 
actual Halloween night oh, to watch it. Oh, well, I was going to say, you're going to say talk about it. I was going to say don't talk about it if you were waiting to talk about it on something. But No, 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 no. No, I, I was going to wait to watch it until until Halloween night, but then I rewatched the 2018 Halloween and just couldn't wait any longer. So, so I went ahead and watched it uh, late last week, I think. And I I enjoyed it. It's it's been kind of divisive among the uh, among horror fans and Halloween fans in particular. Um, but I I thought it was was uh, really well done. Uh, you know, dialogue yeah. and um, and underdeveloped uh, motivations aside. So cool. Yeah, I did want to check it out. What was the 2018 one? Was that a Rob Zombie one, or was that the other? Like uh, the, the same guy that just did the one the, that's released. Yes, uh, I was gonna say. I Gordon, thought there was Gordon Green. I think I forget what one was. other one. Yeah, David Gordon Green. David, is that his name? David okay. Gordon Green. Yeah, the the 2018 one was the uh, uh, also a Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, I I never got to see that one. And it's a direct sequel. To the, the first, you're you're lagging. We're up, Isaac. Isaac, oh. you're <laughs> lagging. You me? You're, yeah, yeah, we got you now. You were a little laggy there. Yeah, it's a direct to sequel to to John Carpenter's original one, correct? Oh, correct. Yeah, cool. yeah, so, exactly. So I actually uh, I've been watching all of um, John Carpenter's films this month because I <clears throat> I've only seen. Actually, don't know if I really seen any of his films until now, but I had never seen the original Halloween. And man, that that first that's Halloween movie yeah. is really, really just amazing. Besides just, the Rob Zombies, that's the only one I've ever seen. I've never seen the sequels. I think maybe I tried oh, to watch wow. a second, but I didn't feel like it was as good. That that original. Uh, I was, I was, I was just, listening to another uh, another podcast earlier today where they were they were talking about how how the nineteen seventy eight movie just remains so amazing that. You know, one of the reasons people are so disappointed with sequels is nothing can ever really live up to that first one. You know, yeah. and yeah. and it's crazy because I had I had never seen that movie, so I always just assumed that like it was going to be this over the top gory movie, but it wasn't. That the killing was very uh, very realistic because he's just kind of choking people, and it's just it's really right. like scarier than the over the top like I'm gonna gut you alive, but just him you know, holding that one guy up and then just stabs once. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it makes it way scarier for sure. And just the fact that that movie was so slow, like the killing didn't happen until the very end, but like all the dialogue and all the stock stalking that he does throughout the movie, it was just very well done. Yes. The creepiest thing about Michael Myers is he walks. He does not chase you. He yes. just walks. Just walks. After you. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He don't need to run. Yeah. He got nothing to prove. And then, and then, just the uh, <laughs> the dialogue in that first movie from uh, Donald Pleasance. He played a uh, Loomis. The every fucking uh-huh. line he had in that movie was amazing. In that in that first yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and even if it wasn't an amazing uh, written line, the way he delivered it would be amazing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask two real quick before we have to wrap up, Isaac. Uh the last year, uh, season of Rick and Morty, how'd you feel? I gave up about four episodes in. I just felt like they were almost good, but none of them ever. None of them ever delivered. Yeah. 
Uh, I, yeah, I, I I found that last season a little difficult. I, I watched all of them, but I I found it a little difficult to to stay interested in in last season. I watched the last well. two because I'm, of Slim. He he didn't make me, but we got here early one day, and he had me watch the Two Crows, which ended up being amazing. The Rick and Two Crows, yes. and then the one after, I liked that it uh continued that at the beginning but then with the citadel and all it just got really yeah. convoluted and whatever yeah. but i don't know I, I i'll give it another chance but but like i said four episodes into last season i'm like i'm done with this i, I can't i can't anymore like i don't know yeah i don't know what it was and uh the last uh walking dead half se- season how'd you feel i loved it i loved it <laughs> I'm actually more excited for for this uh, wrap up of The Walking Dead than I've been for for previous seasons. I absolutely love Princess. Oh, she me too. Is, is my favorite character. Yes. I hate that it took so long for Princess to come into. This. Yes, and I feel like uh, Slim said uh, last time we talked. He said in the comic they kind of just like trailed off with her and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I feel like this show is going somewhere with her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. I I'm so on edge to see what happens with those Commonwealth people. And, uh, what's the other thing? What's, uh, what are those, that group that, uh, they're fighting that, that, uh, Daryl and Maggie and Negan. Daryl's girlfriend is in. Yes. Uh, so they um, were like the Reapers. Or the Reapers. Like yes. That. Thanks. Right. Slim. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they weren't in the comics. I'm said, so like, yeah. I kind of want Slim to watch this last season, but, even myself, having watched every season, sometimes I'm still confused. I'm like, oh my god, there's so many people, and who is this person? But I feel like they're still doing a great job with it, and it's been better. It's It just keeps getting better. I think it's really good. Yeah, I agree with that. I still like it when when you know pretty much everyone is together with with one goal. When they when they spread out into factions and we have all these different stories that that take place over multiple episodes, I I sort of get lost too. But, yeah, uh, sometimes it is hard to keep track of, yeah. but it's still been really good, really good. And yeah. I like how they started at least this last half season, where usually the first episode is like a, a recap and then walking through the woods and just right. either reminiscing or like getting used to each other again where this one just got right got right into some story it didn't it didn't give us like oh we're sad because we lost the mom or whatever like yeah we got right into it so (laughs) it's cool isaac thank you again man thank you as always you're always a a great guest a great uh, uh i always love seeing you listening to the show and your books are amazing thank you so much isaac for being part of absolutely Thank you guys, and and uh, my best to uh, to Slim on his next adventure and uh, on Robin Two Crows. Yeah, Slim's gonna be doing some movies with men, if you know what. I yeah, mean. Uh, Isaac, where can everybody find you? You can find me uh, at my website, isaacthorn.com, and that is Thorn with an E. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Isaac R Thorn, also with an E. Awesome, man. Take care, Isaac. Have a good one, Isaac. You too. All right, bye. Later. Thank you, Isaac. Happy Halloween. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes with Drew McEnany. Rob Slim Show. Oh, hello, Rob Slim. It's Drew McEnany. Oh, my God. Drew McEnany, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing so much better now that I finally get to talk to you guys after. It is. That was a year ago. I know, yeah. it's been a minute, and uh, actor, director, producer, and friend, 
Drew McEnany from Philly and LA. Friend. It's been it's been a minute. Right, it's baby. been a minute, my friend. Ah, oh. how's everything been? I'm so honored to be here on the 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 what the the word the I don't want to say grand finale because mm. grand finale, but like the uh, the last the farewell tour, the last hurrah. Yeah, the last season, man. It's it's. Uh, it's been so much fun. It's also a lot of work, and as you know, anything, anything, is a lot of work. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and uh, Slim is a corporate shill, and he's moving up his his corporate ladder, <laughs> and he's selling out. He's selling out hard, Drew. So <laughs> damn, damn the man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, F the man. Congratulations, but Thanks, also dude. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to say, though, yeah, one of the highlights of the entire show was uh, going to Philly going with you guys. And, going to Philly yeah, yeah. for the premiere of Half New Year, interviewing you and Brooke, and it's just great. It was so great. That was a wonderful night. Um, that was the last time that I'm home, you guys. I haven't been home since then. Really? Wow. I, I figured you had maybe had been out once or twice since then. No, because it was right before Christmas time. So I was like, oh, I'll just go before then. And then COVID happened. Mm. We were all, I don't know if you know that COVID happened. It's a thing. It did. It was a thing. Um, and it's still a thing. But some people are saying that the thing is, is to control us and to put embryos in us. So we don't want that. That parasitic needle. eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of Yeah, I don't want any of that. <laughs> did you get the vaccine? I did. Good. So did we. Look, I live in LA. You yeah. kind of have to get it yeah. out yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also don't believe that the government's going to put parasitic eggs in us and try and kill, it, kill us off personally, you know? So yeah. load me up, man. I'm good. Yeah. So right. we get a booster too. I'm down. Yeah. And it's the government. Don't they have easier ways to kill all of us than putting parasitic eggs into a shot? Didn't Trump prove that when he I when he, the, what, he like, can't he, they just drone strike us? He or had military like shoot yeah. civilians with rubber bullets. Like yeah, they could kill us at any time, yeah. any time. Yeah, and I mean, my biggest question with all that is: is doesn't our government love money so much, and aren't we how we bring in money? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, they're gonna lose their cash they cow. Kill off. Yeah, yeah. Unless, exactly. You don't. You don't burn have, your crops, or, or unless yeah. they have other us's. Maybe they have clones of us that have secret bank accounts, and and those there secret bank accounts. Okay. Now have it all makes sense. Trillions, so you they guys, don't. I didn't use. know this was conspiracy theory hour, but Ooh. I'm I'm here for it. It's turned. It's turned a hard conspiracy left. I feel like that's what the conspiracy <laughs> guys call this. <laughs> it's definitely a conspiracy left. I have my own conspiracy theory. I'm not going to get into that. We kind of want you to get into them. Though. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I got to draw the line somewhere, fellas. I gotta... <laughs> All right. All right. What are you currently working on, Drew? Are you working on a new project uh, of your own or have, have has everything picked up uh, after the pandemic? Has slowed down? Yeah, well, so my stuff has kind of taken a back burner just for a little bit because it was a little tough, and the industry is crazy right now. I'm sure you guys have heard that. Um, a lot of crew members are striking, well, are about to strike, and they just had that terrible accident with, with Alex Flynn on it. Yes. But um, things are going nuts. I mean, so many productions are, are happening, and lots of cool projects for me personally. 
I've just been focusing on, you know, doing the crew member kind of thing and taking a little step back from acting, writing, producing right now. But I do have some things in the future. Not too much worth mentioning just yet, but who knows what, what a month or two will bring. Cool. I was going to ask, too, like you mentioned, uh, with Alec Baldwin on Rust, uh, and, and what, what we gather from it is that it's a, it's a independent film, The Cut Corners. Have you ever been on a project that had anything similar like that? Not similar in any way where there was like a real gun incident or anything like that. No. But you do hear horror stories of just, you know, corners being cut and people working terrible long hours and just falling asleep at the wheel and crashing your car and dropping something, hitting your head. I've seen, you know, a girl once who was maybe five foot one and she slammed her head into a C-stand, which is kind of one of the things that pulled up pipes and stuff. And it's kind of pointing, and it's just like you heard it. It was wow. loud, and there was a lot of blood. And she was just because she was so tired, like she was tired of age. Yeah, I've seen terrible things happen. Wow, that is not the most safe place. I'll tell you that. <laughs> just from talking to uh, uh, Peter, the, the puppeteer. Uh, uh, oh, uh. Uh, McCormick is that the guy? Michael McCormick. Michael yes, McCormick. he was a, a puppeteer, and he and he worked on uh, the second Star Wars movie. Yeah, he he designed the uh, the little monkey thing in Yoda's palace. Yes, and he fell off a scaffolding just on on that set, and like broke uh, a shoulder or his arm, and it almost uh, almost ended his puppeteering career like permanently. So yeah, I'm sure it probably get, ended it. Could have ended more than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and so I, saw I fall through that when they're not put together properly. And people like they they bring you in coffee towards the end of the day, but you're there for 16 hours a day sometimes. Like mm. coffee's not going to do anything. No, and I've seen people just make mistakes and and you know end up falling through roofs and and yeah, scaffolding. It's a dangerous life we live in this entertainment. It is. You, you, it wouldn't seem like it. Just uh, you think it's all make believe, but. With that particular situation on Rusto, like, how did a live round even get into the gun? I, I, okay, I don't know anything. I don't know anything at all, just practicing it with all that. Mm. But I heard that they were target shooting uh, not that long before they started filming. Okay. Oh, so they, they were doing like tar- so target yeah, practice. They, they were uh, doing actual real target shooting. You should have separate so guns for that. <laughs> you should yes! have, like not to make yeah. light of it or anything, but you should have you should have yeah. your target practicing guns and your set guns that never yeah. fire a real bullet. Maybe a little mark on them <laughs> yeah. so you know this little orange dot on the on the butt is the set gun or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> Oh and I mean, God. that's normally how it, how it happens. And any time that you're on set and there's something like that to happen, like you guys remember in half New Year, for instance, I get stabbed in the beginning. Mm, um, yeah. My favorite team. Not really. <laughs> um, but we had to use, there's a fake knife and it's all like put into the knife block and whatever. And as soon as that fake knife came on set, you know, the, the first AD announces like, Hey guys, the knife is on set. Everyone, you know, be careful, blah, blah, blah. And every single one of those knives in that knife block was dulled and protected and had like a, a 
really, really, really thick uh, uh, hot glue thing. So like, he couldn't cut anyone or stab anyone at all. He just tried. But wow. it was so scary. So when you're supposed to announce that happening prior so that people around know like this is a situation, regardless of if it's rehearsal or not. Mm. And I saw someone say something somewhere that um, apparently that did not happen. It was uh-huh. a rehearsal. Wow. Jeez. That's some that's some scary shit. Scary shit. Yeah, it's just even more reasons why, you know, spend the money if you're gonna if you're gonna do it. Stop trying to cut corners on set because people are losing their minds. Yeah, we watched the video too it's where not. the girl in a podcast said she is she's still learning. So that, get a pro. Get a pro. Don't get somebody who's still oh, yes. learning the field. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it has to, like, I mean, get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to something that couldn't potentially kill someone. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, anything could. But get someone who, like, don't put someone like that in charge. Yeah. Have them, have them apprentice under someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Drew, what is your full-time job? We've uh, talked about this here and there in messaging, but it sounds super cool. I do. I have it. So I don't know if you guys believe this, but just because you make movies doesn't mean that you're a millionaire. You have to work like real jobs too. I've heard that. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) I do believe it. (laughs) It's crazy, huh? Right. Um, But yeah, so I do all of the airplane sets for movies and TV and music videos. And it is the coolest job that anyone in the entertainment industry could have as their full time job. It sounds it cool. Do you actually go up in planes or is it just a set? No. It's just a set. So they never they barely ever shoot inside of real planes because mm. it's like tight and small in there, you know? Mm, yeah. So they're sets, they're fake. They're just there's like walls and floors and then you put your seats in, you they split apart. It's uh it's cool. I've cool. done some really, really great projects just over the summer. Movies that you may or may not have seen. We did Sweet Girl on Netflix. You can do it there. And then we did. Cool. Oh, no. Why am I blanking? Uh, it's a Matt Damon movie. Stillwater. Stillwater? Yeah, Stillwater. The Matt Damon movie that's kind of based on the event. Uh, it's breaking yeah, up a bit. Drew, uh, what did you say? It's kind of based? It's based on... The Amanda Knox story. Can you hear me now, or does it still suck? It sounds pretty good. It's like a little echoey, but a little better. Okay, I'm gonna just move away from this device. Okay, how about now? It's better. Pretty good. Yeah. All right, cool. Can I? I'm gonna stick with this. Um, yeah, Stillwater with Matt Damon. Um, so we do a lot of film and TV stuff, and I've got to work with like A-list celebrities and some really cool indies. Cool. Nice, yeah. nice. So, if anybody out there wants to shoot on a plane or a terminal or a private jet, you know, give me a call. Call could you come out? I mean, maybe uh, this is jumping the shark a bit, but maybe you come out for uh, for a Philly Jersey reunion and you build us a airplane set and we do it live on our next show. Yeah, we just do we, we just okay. do a show on your airplane finale. <laughs> yeah, turn Slim's living room into an airplane cockpit. I'm gonna uh, respectfully decline. Oh. Like a hell of a lot of work. 
But your name would get out there, Drew. Right, right. <laughs> I know, I know. I guess I'll just have to make a movie on a plane as the next one, and then have a big Philly premiere again. So that, that's just crazy to me. Just like uh, I'm sure every, or do you guys make the decision like? When uh, a filmmaker comes to you, do they have a certain airplane like model in? Like, does that does that play into the the set and all? Sure, I mean, it's, it, everything's different. Sometimes they'll come in and they'll say, "I want to look exactly like this. I want the chairs, I want the the curtains, I want the floors, I want everything to look just like this plane." We'll be like, okay, well, no, but it can look close to this, like <laughs> this, um, or they'll have absolutely no idea what they. And then we'll get to play the like piece by piece game, which is actually what I like better. Yeah. Have you ever had any of them complain about something on the plane set? Like, Ooh. I don't like the way that the color of the chairs. <laughs> oh my god! All the time. <laughs> I just yeah, there was there was um, there was a job recently. I won't mention names we have one standard carpet that goes in and it was a larger plane. So we had to add extra carpet, but the newer carpet wasn't as dingy as the other one because, you know, well, no, and it was like maybe a shade off and it was under seat. And it down. Wow. 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 Look, here's the deal. It's a stressful business. Everybody <laughs> is stressed out of their mind. Mm. Um, and then you get the brunt of it, unfortunately. Things like that. So I forgive everyone. I secretly think they're all an asshole. Mm. But, you know, I am too, so it's fine. Yeah. So, so do you get somebody to at least yell at? Do you have your own uh, Slim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that. Um, God. That. Uh, mm. No. Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, fill out an intern uh, application. I want to be your, I want to be your underling. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, I want to be plain boy. My my, how the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on out. It's dope. Yeah, you, you guys have either of you ever been to LA? You talk to everyone. From no, no, never. And I've LA. wanted to over the years. Like it sounds like a cool place to check out. It sounds like a cool spot. Not today because it's freaking hot <sighs> right does it ever cool off out yeah, there it's halloween weekend yeah it does it gets really cold in okay. like december january but it's halloween weekend and it's going to be 94 tomorrow in the valley so cool yeah that's a little that's a little rough i just felt i didn't know i didn't know if it ever cooled off i know like northern california they get uh similar weather to out here but i didn't know if la did I mean, it's not going to snow in LA. Well, I mean, it has before, but it's not going to be like freezing, freezing. It'll yeah. Be, like maybe it'll go down the lowest in the winter. We'll be like in the thirties. <sighs> only at night, though, and not a lot. <laughs> Jeez. And then during the day, it's ninety degrees. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like it cooling off a bit. Kind of like a bit of a season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just think, guys. The last time I was home, two years ago, was ho- it was Halloween weekend. 
So it was Halloween. I didn't oh, know. Oh, that's right. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was uh, daylight savings because I remember uh, the next day uh, I was exhausted, <laughs> and we also couldn't find Slim's car. Yeah, it was like I a three know. hours. Did after. we tell you that, Drew? I, I after we we I all remember went, went on our I way. Remember yeah, getting te- like you texting me that, and I was like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, and it, we had the ticket from the uh, garage, and we found other garages that were the same, but they were like, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different garage, so we can't help you. The ticket didn't have any information on the garage, like not an address, not even like a no, like nothing. Nothing. There, this ticket was just like blank, blank with a bar, like a, a magnetic bar on it. Like it was ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, it was that's the shadiest. I probably should have just sent you the the link the address to the theater and then been like yeah it's around there i think we did and we straight that night guys yeah well we did have the address i think but we found one of the parking places like as close as we could but like it was just it was the shadiest outfit and i thought when we got there i'm like maybe i should take pictures of the street corner it's on i didn't but i just figured it would be easier to find than it was it was it was rough i did figure out i think like the next I, I think I figured out the next day that like where we parked was in my Google Maps app. Yeah. And I just <laughs> didn't think to look. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it took us like an extra hour of walking just to find a car. And it was it was the dumbest, the dumbest thing we ever did on our our, our parts for, for not at least well, yeah, because taking a picture. We hopped we hopped in the Uber and then went like kind of far. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Philly times. I, I'm so excited to have them again at Christmas. I haven't had it in a long time. Oh, you coming back? And uh, it's, I, it's definitely about time. Yeah, my poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't seen her baby in two years. Right? Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna want to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's important. <laughs> Plus, Christmas in Philly, it's the best. I miss that. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, like out here, it's just a different, just a different uh, feel than I figure out there would be. Yeah, like you know what's a, a weird kind of thing that I miss every like, like fall Halloween kind of time is like good hot apple cider and the smell of bonfires. Yes, they don't That's do the bonfires very, like, out there. Jersey I figured, I figured bonfires are like everywhere on the beach, like Karate Kid movies. <laughs> 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 no, but, but bonfires back east have like wet leaves in them and that's oh, like a different smell a whole different smell yeah wow I never even realized that yeah it's weird the things you miss like I miss rain I miss rain in the summer because like I, I miss like the smell of hot concrete <sighs> when it's wet yes it is, is. Weird? yeah <laughs> it is a total yeah it's like a unique smell I do get it Mm-hmm. Nice, but when you know, you know you're in the know, guys. That's it. We know you know, and you know that we know. <laughs> I know. Thank God. So, what's the big? What are we planning? How many more shows until we're done, guys? What's, well, give think... me the tea. Come on. We go to June, so yeah. two shows a month. What's that like? Eight more shows? I think so. Yeah, something like that. And and for the last uh, episode, I'm planning on using a stun gun on Slim. I don't know. It's a good idea. I feel. I, I don't okay. think I want to do that. I might actually just cancel the last show so he can't do it. <laughs> That's I know where he lives. You know, I've Drew. heard that you. 
<laughs> yeah, take a little recorder and do it there. Um, I heard that you scream like a girl uncontrollably when you get stung. All right, now I kind of want to get stun gun to see if I scream like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> the video, watch, watch a video on YouTube. I don't know why sometimes you get I get on YouTube. Sometimes. Yeah, I do. They have a video of guys, uh, guys and girls, human beings better said, um, who are going into the police academy and they have to get stun gun. That's they what just, I told like, them. Hold them and they stun them in the back and they just scream like her. That'd be cool. Girl. Yeah. So I told him, he, cops have to do it for the job. Like, And one of our friends, David, the producer, told him that only bad guys get hurt by stun guns, so good right, guys so it shouldn't even have any effect will be okay, yeah. right? Oh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another one of our guests, Bronx Johnny, when I showed him the stun gun, he said that was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So... There's different, there's different, uh, a whole spectrum of, of what people think of them, but Slim's the only one that's going to know for sure how it feels. You guys, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, let's get off I'm the like, topic of stun either. guns, and before we wrap this up, let's talk, let, let's talk movies. Uh, yeah. 2021, do you, right, you, you have a favorite movie that has come out? Oh, man, I don't know if I have, like, a favorite movie... Per se, like there hasn't really been anything that I see too much. I really like. Do you guys watch Freaky, the Vince Vaughn body swap? I heard it was good. Movie. It was kind of like a horror comedy, right? Where like it's a, I think yeah. a little girl that swaps uh, places with like a grown serial killer or something. And I like the Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool yeah. dude. It's him, Vince Vaughn acting like a little girl. Well, she's not little girl. She's like sixteen. But him acting like a girl, a teenage girl is hilarious nice. um it's pretty funny and then what else did i i haven't guys i haven't gone to the movies that much oh i did love jungle cruise which was a blast like it's stupid okay. fun but did you guys see the new halloween no we were just talking to our halloween last kills. guest about that too i do want to see that all right you you gotta see it because i have so many questions <laughs> What I can tell you, this whole month, I've been binge-watching John Carpenter films, and I recently watched the original oh. Halloween, because I had never seen it, and, I mean, the original Halloween... You never was, saw it? I, when I, like, I always saw bits and pieces of it, but I never actually, like, sat down, like, as an adult and watched the original Halloween, and it was funny, because my uh, perception of Halloween was that it was going to be, like, this super gory, like, over-the-top gory movie, and it's just not. <laughs> like, the killing happens no. in the last 15 minutes of the movie, and it's just, like, a stab here, a stab there, he chokes a couple of guys, <laughs> like, which makes yep. it scarier, in my opinion. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. You know, I always get mad. Do you remember Scream? Scream is, like, my favorite. Yeah. Yes. He's, like, my number one. But in Scream in the end, when they're watching Halloween, they're like, oh, why do they do that with the blood? It's so red. There is no blood in that movie. What yep. are you, where is the red? What? No blood. Yeah. And then just uh, uh, Donald, 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 Donald Pleasance in that movie was just amazing. Like every line he delivered as Loomis was just, I, I just loved it. <laughs> um, you want to hear a little tidbit about Donald Pleasance on set of Halloween? Yes. Mm. That man was a bottle of wine deep 
every time he shot. That is incredible. It, it, it kind of makes sense, yeah. though. I, I, yeah. I, just from remembering he it. Was yeah, drunk like... as hell and did not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but it's so good. Like, how do you yeah. drunk as fuck and deliver those lines? I mean, like... that goes to, to sit. There is, there's only one time I was ever like a little drunk shooting a scene. I guess you can say a little drunk, but realistically, it was only like two bucks in the wine. A little tipsy. Um, I'll never tell, but I was just nervous the whole time that like I was going to like slur my words and make an ass out of himself. That's so, a pro, you know. He's I couldn't been... do that for insecurity. Purposes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He didn't even give a shit. He was fucking. He was better with the juice. That's that's how yeah, I say. That's how was... I tell the kids. I'm better with the juice. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, the new screen movie comes out. You guys, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, that, yes. that I'm excited for it. It looks cool. Yes. I, I think I figured out what happens in the beginning. I think I figured it out, but I'm not there. The promotion, if you guys, if anybody's a screen fan, the marketing that they're doing for the new one is incredible. And they have an online Facebook group called the Woodsboro Film Club. And people are just writing up their theories and what they think is going to happen and who's going to live and who's going to die. And I am beyond excited, kid. Nice. Beyond. Like a little kid in a candy store. <laughs> Drew, we have to wrap it up, man, but it's been a blast, as oh. always. Kids, congratulations on your last hurrah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks for Obviously, being we'll keep in touch, but to yeah. everyone else listening, you know. Au revoir to everyone out there. Drew, where can everybody find you? Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Drew Mac. Nice. And half New Year on Twitter and Instagram too, right? And Facebook. Oh yeah, half New. Oh yeah, God, I forgot about my film. <laughs> right. <laughs> Make sure to check that out on Amazon and on Tubi TV. Cool. You should you should also like produce a documentary about making plane sets because that would Ooh, be amazing. I, I honestly would would yeah. I'd watch it right now. It sounds yeah. really cool, really cool. It's a very creative story too. How the whole business came about. I'll, I'll tell you guys separately. Okay. Awesome, awesome, Drew. Take care, my friend. Bye, guys. Later, Drew. Happy Halloween. Rob and Slim Show. We are back with War Baby. From murderous minors killing kids. Hello, my Halloween loves. How's it going? Oh, how's it Very going, good. War Baby? What do you have planned for Halloween? Show or off show? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm going to get dressed up and I'm going to hand out candy. So hopefully some kids come around. Has the pandemic... Well, even before the pandemic, kids are lazy. Kids are lazy. Uh, my middle son, before he, he did end up picking a costume but i'm like are you gonna dress up and go out this year dude and he's like i might just have mommy buy me a bunch of candy i'm like whoa <laughs> that's, whoa that's smart that's smart it's easier it's safer and it's a lot less effort <laughs> i'm like what? At least you're no a genius take him out either i always hated that so he did he got a costume and he's going out but yeah he told he dropped that on me i was like whoa what a bougie little dude <laughs> yeah he's like you know i got options he just wants you to know he has options <laughs> yes he does that, that's good that these kids nowadays at least let you know that 
Or do they? <laughs> <laughs> they know they got all the options in the world, the little shit. Yep, they got typhus, they got it all. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have like five diff- different social media networks to choose from. Yeah. We had what, one, none? Negative five? Like, they, they got the world. We had, they just don't know. Yeah, it. yeah, they, they, they got it good, those kids. Oh, man. <laughs> War Baby, have you been though? I don't know if we had you on last season. I don't know if you did either, but know. pretty good. I mean, last last year, I I had trick-or-treaters, and I know because I put a giant bowl of candy outside my house, and all the candy was gone, and so was my fucking bowl. <laughs> no. <laughs> Some bowl. kid was like, this I'm year, taking the I'm bowl in there, me. and I'm holding the bowl because you're not getting one over on me. <laughs> you got to, like, rivet the bowl down this year into something, or, or screw it, or hot glue it, or something. I wonder, nerve, man. I wonder if the candy was just all gone and the kid was like, well, I'm leaving That's with something. It. There was one kid that came, the candy was gone, and he needed he needed something <laughs> to show that he'd been there. And yeah, I gave him too many options. I should have just thrown the candy on the damn floor. <laughs> just throw just some candy on the ground, yeah. <laughs> here, I'm going to stand there and everyone gets one. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you guys uh, Did you guys watch that new Halloween movie yet? No, I've been asking uh, the last few guests. Uh, uh, we haven't seen it yet. Slim just saw the original for the first time. Yeah, I just, I just watched John Carpenter's Halloween from 1987. He's a real noob. He's yeah. a real noob to the Halloween scene, but he's getting there. It's, he's retro. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's retro. <laughs> but yeah, he was I, busy when that movie came out being in third grade or something so he didn't get a chance to see it the first time around but i just can't believe they're still making more of them i I feel like it's just such a good he's so creepy it's i i've always found it one of the better horror movies and i just feel like it's it's uh such a great franchise did you see it though yeah i've seen it i've seen every single one of them yeah even the rob zombie one how'd you feel about the new one yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good. I loved the cast, and it was super fun. You know, I thought it was really good. Cool. How do you um, feel about the zombies, though? Because I love the zombie. I only saw the first zombie one. But uh, even I've gone back and rewatched it, and he's just over the top, over the top gory. Like, it, it's it's a little disturbing sometimes. But I still, it's, it, his. Oh, it, it is disturbing. And that's one of my favorites. You, well, okay, that particular one, I mean, you know, if, a, if somebody's going to watch it and say, that movie inspired me to kill, and then they just keep making more. I don't <laughs> Is know. That, wait, did that happen? Did <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody yeah, really murder? Absolutely. Yo, that one I was mean, fucked up like because the it gave old Halloween inspired people to kill. <laughs> the new one gave like a whole the zombie one. It gave like that whole backstory. Yeah, it made him way more relatable than any other one. The all the other ones, yeah, he was just this yeah, creature that you one. never knew how he got there. This one showed you how he got there, and it was. It was fucked up, but it was not out of the realm of reality. Well, the other ones kind of, you know, sometimes they let you feel like something supernatural was also going on. Yeah, I'm right. not sure if something supernatural is going on, but I mean, now you really realize it's not anything about that. No. But the one, the Rob Zombie one, yeah, there was a 17-year-old in Texas. He killed his mom and his sister, and he wrote in his confession that he had watched that movie all week, all week, the week leading up to the murders. And that the kid, you know, in, in that movie, the 10 year old kid kills somebody, you know, starts the killing. Yeah. And, um, 
he was like, you know, it seems so easy for him. I figured it would be the same for me, but it wasn't. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, you know how kids are. Kids will watch a movie, like you said, like they'll watch it every day. They'll watch it for uh, a month straight every day. Like I, I watched that movie twice and it disturbed me both times. Like, and it was years apart, years apart. <laughs> well, not only that, but a teenager just doesn't have any business with that. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And I, sure, he's 17, so I guess he's old enough to go to the movies and see it and probably maybe buy it when it came out. But damn. yeah. Yeah, they should. Uh, it's just it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But yeah, horror movies, they have a reputation of, of people after they've killed somebody coming back and saying, well, I really, you know, it was kind of because of this or th- this character inspired me. Like even Jeffrey Dahmer, he was like he loved the movie <laughs> The Exorcist 2. Not even the good Exorcist. The sequel to the Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, I've never you seen that movie a lot. I've never seen the sequel to that. <laughs> but he even like you know he watched it with some of his victims too, and they one of the guys got away, and because uh, a couple people did escape Dahmer, you know, but one of the guys who got away who didn't realize you know he was a serial killer, said the movie like put him in a trance. And wow. he told he even told the cops after he was he was um, arrested that he just really related to the characters because he was also driven by evil. So yeah, that makes sense. So at least uh, <laughs> you know at least they're playing to their audience well. Yeah, the filmmakers. Wow, I was gonna ask too, War Baby, doing such a, a dark subject show type of thing. Do you ever have? Any, uh, you ever want to just do a show on doilies or <laughs> right. or crocheting? You ever want to just take a break and just do a show with two crows, Martha Stewart <laughs> show, or just like, well, you know, I'm a baby. pastry chef in my normal life, so it doesn't get any happier than chocolate like 24 7. What do you do? So that's what I balance it with, you know, is cake. Lots oh and God. lots of elaborate cakes. You said you're a pastry chef. Pastry that- chef? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I want some yeah, cupcakes. That's what I do. And shit. You know, that's my actual profession. Mm. Um, so it's a good, you know, it's kind of like having two jobs that are actually just both hobbies. Just balance. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> like baking and podcasting. They're both kind of just hobbies, but I found a way to make them into like combine them into one job. Do you have your one own? Company. Do you have your own like company, like War Baby Cakes or <laughs> War, Baby. War Baby Cakes? I do, I do, and I have for like maybe ten years now. It's called Jade Dragon Bakery, actually. Nice. Yes. And so I've just always baked from home in Arizona. You can do that. I don't know if you can do that in every state, but you can run a business, you know, a food business from your home in Arizona. So I have for years. I have many like committed customers, and I try not to take on anyone I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like word of mouth only because strangers are too, they want too much from you. It's like, uh, you don't know me like that. <laughs> do, you, do you have like a specialty? Like there's a, is there like a specific thing that you do with cakes that people go to you for? Well, my specialty is custom order cakes. So basically any flavor you give me or location or a feeling and, you know, I'll make a cake for you. You got to go on one of the shows like Cake Masters or Cake I know, Chefery. you know, I was thinking in 2022 that maybe i would try to get on a baking show but man these years are just really flying by now they are hold on i I can't even i want to go back for a second put my finger on why you you said somebody can give you a feeling and you will make a cake based on that feeling (laughs) well you know if they're gonna have like you know they want to 
have a party to celebrate the fact that they're pregnant, you know, but it's not necessarily a baby shower. And it's not, you know what I mean? It's more just like a baby party. Uh, and awesome. they wanted to, you know, they're going to have a theme and they might give me a flavor profile and I can just make something for them. Have you ever I had to turn anyone down? Them. Like, have you ever had to turn down anyone that's like, I want a cake that I'm, I might kill my parents. I might <laughs> kill my parents I and I want a cake that cake. says it. And then you're like, no, no, no. No. N- no. <laughs> I don't turn money down. But, you know, man, I got tired of those toilet paper cakes. I'm really glad that that went out of fashion. Was that a toilet paper cake? After the pandemic started, I got a couple orders for those. That's amazing. <laughs> I never thought of that. I like that COVID made uh, toilet paper big. COVID had its own <laughs> cake. Yeah, it was totally a thing in 2020. But 2021, it kind of slid out the yeah. door so i'm glad about yeah, that. yeah yeah you know no one has really i make these really cool sushi cakes uh cakes that have that like a cool. bunch of sushi rolls on top oh they do oh it I actually has sushi i thought it would just look like like yeah, a sushi roll but that's, yeah, that's cool awesome. that's a cool thing what about a cannoli well, cake I do that too but um have you seen all these super hyper realistic cakes that look like you know like a can of tomato soup or like an actual I baby. Yes. Yeah, a, I've a seen those. And then you cut it in his cake. Uh, I couldn't even eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to eat like the butt part of a cake that was shaped like an actual human baby. What about fondant? Is you use a lot of fondants? What is fondant? I try not. Yeah, I was just trying to say, well, I don't even I know what fondant usually... is. It's like a thick I'm not icing. really into that, um, that cake boss style. I mean, I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to like make a cake shaped like your accountant or something like that. You know, I'm not really into that. I'm more about what it tastes like and right. using like delicious frostings and stuff that you've never had. Nice. That's nice. Nice. So, so I what? I get one of these. Night, the murder. What is the, the most delicious cake you have ever tasted? Ooh. Hmm. You know. <clears throat> For me, the biggest thing about cake is frosting. So Too much can kill it. Too much can kill it where I'm just like swiping it off of my fork (laughs) and I'm just eating the cake. Like Sometimes the frosting's too sweet. And it has to be the right texture and it has to complement the cake and it can't be too sweet. But I've been using this, it sounds horrifying, it's called boiled milk frosting, but it's like an old-timey recipe back when sugar, you know, cost a lot of money. And the entire recipe has like a half, one cup of sugar in it. And, but it's like boiled and then you whip in the butter. So it's real fluffy and real stable. But like to me, that's the best kind of thing. But caramel, I would have to say caramel is my favorite. I love when cake has caramel in it. Nice, nice. I don't think I've ever had a cake with caramel in it. Learned so much more, baby. <laughs> I want to ask too before we lose any more time. Yeah, let's go back to murders. Yeah, your, your newest episode. I, I was like kind of hooked on it. It was a 16 year old girl who murdered her parents because they didn't like her boyfriend. What? Like, is that, isn't that rude? Is that like so? I don't know though. The parents seemed like they were real waspy. They were real like. Uh, uppity I mean, almost. Blew, dude, she blew her mom's head clean off. In bed. I mean, in bed. She was like, you know. And the cra- the crazy thing about this was that case was Sarah Johnson. It happened in Idaho, 
and um, way back in 2003. So, like, what I do now wasn't even, like, really a thing in 2003, you know? Mm-hmm. They didn't even, the cops didn't even know how to handle it, and they never even, they didn't initially consider her a suspect, even though she was the only person in the house with them when her parents died. They automatically assumed it was her boyfriend, boyfriend. because usually if parents die and the kid had a relationship they didn't approve of. It's usually, you know, the partner, not the girl. But he had nothing to do with it. He didn't even know. She did it all on her own, and she, that's the craziest part. Just the fact, well, they were one of those big gun families, too. Like, they had guns. Like, how about, like, yeah, not everybody needs guns laying around because somebody's always going to, like, somebody's going to do something. Like, I, somebody's going to get mad. Especially, I like... To judge too much. When it comes to the gun stuff, because, you know, I live in Phoenix. It's the Wild West out here. Yeah. People be people carry in the wherever you can carry wherever you want. So but I but, you know, I know that a lot of people live in more rural places where they hunt and they do things like that with guns. Her family did have guns and she had access to them, but she actually used the guns that belonged to the tenant of their guest house. He had, he was an older, a little bit older guy. He had inherited a bunch of guns when his dad died. And so the gun she used in the murder hadn't been shot in maybe 15 years. Oh, I, I, I didn't even, I thought it was like the family's guns that she used. I didn't she even tried know. To, she tried to, but she couldn't get into the gun safe. So she went to the guest house and she used one of the tenant's guns. Wow. And believe me, he was devastated about it. Yeah. He was absolutely devastated about it. You know, he was in court every day crying about that, you know. Yeah. So, Lock your shit yeah, up. Lock like your I, shit and, up. And, you know, one of her friends actually said maybe if she didn't have access to guns, the 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 feeling would have passed and yeah. this wouldn't have happened. And that's basically the only reason I do this show. Maybe so she would have just. Times, maybe she just would have. Uh, people, it's not bad to have them, but lock them up. Yeah, maybe uh, she just yeah. would have like used the mom's toothbrush and rubbed it in her butthole and put it back in the toothbrush <laughs> holder. Maybe that's all that would have happened. I'll teach what. you not liking my boyfriend. Yeah, you you don't like my boyfriend, <laughs> but you're gonna like my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I always, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, make me lose. You see, you throw butthole out there, and then I forget what I'm going to say. Yeah, butthole's the way to go. Butthole's the way to go. <laughs> Have you ever made a butthole cake? Let's get back to cakes now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I hope nobody asked for one because I'd have to do it because I would charge double. I'm going to find <laughs> your site and I'm going to place that order later tonight, <laughs> or maybe you might be getting a butthole cake order coming through. Oh, yeah, I will literally make you whatever cake you want, as long as it's not rude or offensive to someone specific, you know? No. I'm not going to be like, yeah, like anything bad about any particular groups of any kind of people. No, I would never do anything. Never. Yeah, I was just going to, I was like, when you first mentioned that, I didn't know if you've ever had anyone come to you with like any type of of thing like that. that Like a Confederate flag cake or something. Yeah. Like you guys Joe. know what I look like, so I'm telling yeah. you what, not many people come to me with some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not very much. I, I'm like, go out in public, like, you know, I live right on the cusp of a real hickey redneck town, and so I go over there, just a few miles, go shopping and stuff, and I just want somebody to say something about my mask, or, you know, something, but nobody ever says nothing to me, other than... <laughs> Uh, I like your hair. That's about it. <laughs> it's the tattoos, I think. Ah, yes. Yes. 
Do you have neck tats? Neck tats, always say. Uh, just on the back of my neck, not on the front. Okay. Still, don't mess with me. Pretty don't mess with me. All of my tattoos I can cover up with clothing. Ah, nice. My dad always said yeah. he would, and then he ran out of spots. So he he always said he would get like <laughs> anything that covered was covered by a long sleeve shirt, and then he ran out of spots. So he did his hands mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. But he loves. Oh yeah, both of my sleeves are just a mishmash of nonsense. <laughs> that's a real sleeve, though. <laughs> I feel like it, that's a real sleeve when you just get all different ones. Oh yeah, I got sports. I have wool. And then my one side is all baking-related stuff. I got cakes That's and cool. pies and gingerbread men and all that kind of stuff on there. Nice. But, but, yeah, so, yeah, no one really be conversating with me about anything ever. <laughs> but, yeah, man, if I could just get people to just put their own guns away. I mean, like, how hard is it right. to put away your own gun? But every day I get Google alerts about little tiny kids. Did you see there was a mom who's two-year-old shot her yeah. while she was on a zoom for work oh I, I don't know if that was the one i just i get the news stories every week for the show and i usually go for the craziest and then one was yeah one was like a, a kid that shot the parents with a gun so maybe it was oh, that yeah, story but I mean, this just happened like two weeks ago it was a two-year-old and the gun was in his backpack in his little paw paw patrol puppy backpack wow and, yet he... and so then he just walked right out of the room and shot his mom and she just fell dead right there on Zoom. And her co-workers had to call 911. And it was the baby's dad. You know, why he put the gun in there, yeah. but he got arrested. And I think that's a lot of what needs to happen more. We need to hold people accountable for their irresponsibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? He should most definitely be prosecuted for that. And a lot of people should, you know. Yeah. Maybe not this guy in the guest house because his house was locked up. That's another thing, yeah. And she opened it, you yeah. know. She, yeah, she invaded his home and yeah. Exactly. exactly. I mean, if that but guy is comfortable time, how he has it and he doesn't have kids or whatever, he's okay with that, like, for the most part, you know. Well, but he actually, he didn't really live there. He, he had a wife and she lived in Boise like 100 miles away, but he was an electrician. And he would work out there because it was near Sun Valley, Idaho, where a lot of celebrities and rich people vacation and have homes. So he did most of his work out there. So he rented this guest house from his friends for when he was there. And when he wasn't working, he went home. So that's why he kept the guns there, away from his actual family, to keep his actual family safe. You know what I mean? What? Yeah. And wow. Yeah, just craziness. Just get a lockbox. Lockbox. What do you? I, I know they they sell gun safes. I mean, they should come. A, a little safe should come with every gun you freaking buy. <laughs> yeah, I would never rent a, a room in a in a house just so my family was safe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I know. Who knows? And back in two thousand and three, we all had different thoughts about all of this stuff. Yeah. But one thing I will point out is that she was obsessed with true crime. Oh. When they did search her room, she had. So many books about true crime. So that's how she almost got away with it. Almost. Mm. But she had a shitty attitude, you know, and she went around after the murders just being shitty. Yeah. And she had a history of not liking her own mother. Yeah. So her shitty behavior is what kind of made them keep going, having to keep looking at her when they wanted it to be her Mexican boyfriend. I was going to say, is she still with yeah. Bruno? I want to know how Bruno's doing. 
he got deported. And no, he, Bruno. He came back a couple times. You know, they would bring him from Mexico. He kept coming Whenever back. she would go to court so that he could testify. Okay. And one of those times, he and his cousin got picked up selling half a pound of meth to an undercover cop. So it, he Bruno. got 10 years. So he did. He got paroled in 2018, and he got deported again, and that was literally the fifth time that he'd gotten um Sent back to Mexico since so, this murder. She's so, like, the bad boys. She liked the Bruno. I was gonna say the parents were right to not like him. <laughs> the, par- the parents, they knew. The dead parents knew best. <laughs> yeah, is what we. Yeah, get. it's like as soon as he steps foot in town, somebody tells the cop, "Hey, Bruno's back." God <laughs> damn it, Bruno's he's back. Five town. times now. As far as I know, he's still in Mexico right now. As far as I know. God bless you, Bruno. Wherever you are, <laughs> you didn't make her kill. You just. Made her do meth, maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, and she <laughs> she said her brother was like, I think it was Bruno, and he was. She was like, No, it wasn't Bruno. Bruno loved dad like a dad. Wow. So I mean, this family they they knew, you know, they knew him and and stuff like that, but they also knew he hadn't finished high school, was nineteen years old, and she was sixteen, and that they were having sex. That was their biggest issue. Was that that she was made it clear they were fucking. Ah. So that just pissed her dad off. Yeah. You know? that so would he do went that. over there and said, I will send you to jail. And he was like, okay. But it was the daughter that didn't want anything to do with that, you know? Yeah. She liked that Bruno, if you know what I mean. No, I don't know she what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> like a big slab of Bruno. How you really think you're going to murder, inherit a fortune, and then just go on and live your life. You know? She really thought that. Do that's, they they that's all probably... brains aren't developed. Nah. I, I, I assume they all think that. Like Even the adult murderers, they probably just think, like, I'm never going to get caught. I'm, yeah, too, yeah. I'm too good. I'm, I'm that damn good. <laughs> But see, when it's an adult, you can call them stupid. When it's a kid, you have to say their brain's not developed because it's just true. That, if your brain is yeah. developed, then you're just dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when it's a certain, you know, when it's a certain age, it's just like, man. And she's just still in prison. She's like about 37, I think now. How much yeah, so more? Just a, you know, she should be a soccer mom and all yeah. that kind of stuff, but she's just not. How much more time does she have? Um, I don't. I think she got life without parole. Wow. I think she has all the time in the world. And, you know, she has always said she was innocent. She's never confessed to this murder. Really? And they got her all on circumstantial evidence. You know, her bloody robe. They said she wore it backwards. That's how she kept herself from getting splattered with blood. Yeah. She wore a shower cap. She supposedly flushed down the toilet. And um, forensically, she almost got away with it because she was so obsessed with true crime and just knew a lot about it, you know. Sometimes I wonder, man, I hope a kid who's about to kill isn't listening to my show. Yeah, you might yeah. be making the but cake. I mean, if you listen all the way to the end, you see it doesn't end well. Yeah. So it's, if anything, it should be a cautionary tale. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I I was thinking that so too. I was. Crossed. I was going to ask when you said she was obsessed with true crime and she had all these books. I was going to say, did they look at her podcast list? <laughs> 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 oh God, please never do. Don't ever look at a murderer's podcast. <laughs> Terrifying. I have it's be, be all. 
just episode after episode of too many rapes. <laughs> I was just yeah. saying, hopefully no rapist <laughs> ever is linked <laughs> to our show. Uh, it's, it's we got to wrap it up in a minute, but I, I have one story I want to tell real quick because I'm talking about guns and stuff. And I, uh, I went to visit my father last year. He lives in Georgia. And my father is kind of like a very passive like geeky guy he likes movies comics stuff like that so, no way so yeah no he, he's a lot way. like me he's uh, just like an old my son. my father and uh when i went there he's like hey you know uh, uh slim let me uh show you my guns and i'm like you have guns and he's like yeah i live in georgia <laughs> and right? i just thought and he had a safe though and everything but i was just like that's that's a good reason did I you kill your guns. dad no i did it war baby <laughs> I, uh this might be a New episode. <laughs> he says he didn't, but we don't know that for sure. I just thought that, that reason sure. was great. Like, yeah, I'm in Georgia. <laughs> of course I have guns. That's really it. And I try not to judge about gun ownership. The only thing I implore is, please, you don't know what the mental state of people around you are. Yeah. And it's really in your best interest to be responsible with your firearms, you know? Yeah. We're baby. We love you. Where can everybody find you and your show? You can find me everywhere on social media at Killer Kids Pod and everywhere you get your podcast at Murderous Miners. Awesome. Thank you, War Baby. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love you so much. Have a happy Halloween and uh, I'll be mm. sending some cake ideas. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Let me end with a creepy laugh. Whoa. How was that? That was good. It's good. Like it's it. really good. Oh, I was going to try to do one myself, good, but good. I don't think I could. I you upstage me. Wait, wait! I got a real I good evil. I would like to end with a blood curdling scream, but that's just rude. I could uh, taste slim and see how. It... No, no, no! But here's my evil laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was his regular laugh. <laughs> Bye, boy. See you, baby. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment with speech impediment, man. Cool, cool. Robin Slim, how are you doing? We're good. How are you doing, speech impediment man? Good, just hanging out on a Wednesday night, getting ready to do my NFL picks with Sam the Man from Reckless Radio Airwaves. Every week, me and Sam do our picks. Sam turned me on to you guys. I always wanted to do your so I hear you guys are happening, and I just wanted to always do your show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, and we appreciate you coming on. And yeah, Sam is uh, Sam is an awesome dude. Sam's awesome. Yes, he is. He's the man. Mm-hmm. He's the man. Yep. Speech impediment, man. You are the man. You're a stand-up comedian. Well, I I try to. I I'm still doing my comedy. I've turned 61, and it's kind of funny. I'm doing more stuff now than I did when I was in my 30s. That's what I was going to ask. So, like, do you feel like that's given you an an advantage? Uh, like, just knowing um, certain guys like Lewis Black, they started in their retirement years. Like, I, f- I feel like sometimes you, it gives you an advantage, or it, you're more confident. Well, well, yeah, you got older experience. You kind of know what you expected. And it's like, I don't know, the older you get, it's like you got the 
Grim Reaper looking over your shoulder, so you don't know if it may be your last time in Vegas. So yeah. you gotta make it a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, you you gotta leave. You gotta leave something for for that's right for the that's world. That's right. <laughs> I mean, what am I gonna do when I'm retired? Just Sit in the room and look at the four walls. I gotta do something. Yes, yes. Oh man, but you are also uh, a big name from the Howard Stern show, Speech Impediment Man. How did you first connect with Howard? Okay, um, well, in 1996, he uh, came to Westwood and he did a book signing for his Miss America book and I waited in line and Howard stayed there for like eight hours and signed like 25,000 books. It's wow. amazing. Wow. And I took a copy of my uh, comedy and I had my speech impediment man shirt and I talked to him and told him I wanted to be on his show. He goes, we'll be in touch. And then I started calling into his show, and he put me on more and more. And then one day, Baba Bowie called me out of the blue and said, hey, why don't you come to New York and uh, fit in, and it'll be a good time. And it was a great experience. And people ask me why I like Howard Stern, and I'm like, Hell, anyone that introduces me to strippers and porno stars and puts me on TV is okay in my book. <laughs> yeah. And it's just been fun after that. I mean, you haven't lived until you've thrown baloney at a stripper that. <laughs> I feel like nobody uh, does that anymore. I feel like nobody does that anymore. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, I, I think Howard... That. I mean, I go to club and I, I tell everyone, I go, yeah, you may have other comedians, but has anyone thrown baloney at a stripper that? <laughs> that's I a go, resume no, maker. You got it there, speech impediment, man. <laughs> that's a resume maker. I would put that, I would I would tell it to anybody. Job interviews, anybody. I would there just scream go. it on the street. Yeah. I just, I just did a show in Las Vegas at the LA Comedy Club with uh, Bob Levy and Bob well, he's, he's getting older now, but I remember when I performed with him with the killer, the comedy, he used to have a cheese ass where he would eat blue cheese out of a chick's ass. And now it's always a crowd pleaser. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Do you get a lot of hecklers, speech impediment, man? Uh, you know, I, I did some hecklers. I like hecklers, you know, a lot of comedians don't like hecklers, but I always think hecklers kind of add to the show. I mean, if 
you could get the worst side and insult the heckler and make fun of him and make it, it look like he is a dick. the audience knows he's a dick, then it just adds to the show. Yes, I, 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 that, that's a cool thing. Uh, speech impediment, man, your phone's breaking up a little bit. I'm sorry, I, uh, I have an impediment phone, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is this better? Sounds a little better, yeah. Sounds a little better, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. I saw, okay, too. I'm probably uh, in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, they're so picky. They're so touchy, this new technology. You gotta be just yeah. in the right spot. I saw two, I remember from you that. You know, sometimes I, I miss the old landline. Right? That's uh, what I didn't know. I thought maybe you might have had a landline. Yeah, but the landlines, like, had way less no, issues. No, like, when I, when I first was on Howard, he he loved when people called in on landlines because landlines are more so now they have the wireless ones, Wi-Fi. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those persons, like, more technology means more problems. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I remember. I not even work my computer yet. I remember my dad always saying that with vehicles, like, uh, car windows, if they were electric, yeah. are going to have more problems yeah. than a, a manual yeah. crank. I used to have a, a 70 Nova, and I could I could work on that. I could change the head, and I was on it and stuff. Nowadays, I mean, I don't know how to even work on the cars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my check engine light comes on all the time. <laughs> I mean, every time that goes on, I mean, are you like me? I mean, you're driving, especially like I'm going to a gig, and I'm driving long distance, and then the light comes out, freaking paranoid. You're like in the middle of nowhere, but you're like, I can't stop because there's nothing out here. <laughs> I feel like too a lot of times on the newer vehicles, like the light comes on, it's too late. The car just dies. The car dies. Right. You're stranded. You're right. just there. Right. <laughs> and at, at a point, you're like, you know, if it blows up, it blows up. I've had it. I've lived a good life. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I don't know. I had that like just what uh, you I, about a year ago. Yeah, the light came on and it gave me no time. No time. The light came on and I was just broken down. I was just broke down in the fast lane. Like the car, the car just shut itself off, I guess, just as a computer signal or whatever yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous and then i got people honking and like almost hitting me it, yeah it, it was it was awful yeah it was it's awful an, it's a nightmare i mean i don't I, I don't know more technology more problems i'm a simple guy yeah just keep it simple <laughs> you do your own show though yeah. right right speech impediment man you have your own podcast i do my uh, well uh, Sam is helping me on Reckless Radio. 
for a while, I had a, a show called the House of Speech, a Gondo podcast. Yes. Uh, but that that went out of business. The owner freaking embezzled a bunch of money from, uh, what was that, Hollywood videos, and he got thrown in jail. So, really? Um, I didn't even know that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. We had Hot Pitch Eric on the show. We had Medicated Pete. We had different shows. Um, in fact, uh, we had, uh, what is that? Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> From, yeah, what was that chick? Uh, oh, honey Boo- honey Boo- Boo- was it was- just called the Honey Boo Boo no, Show? No, there was yeah. another show though, like My Big Fat Daughter. We we had another show. I can't I can't remember exactly who the girl was, but okay. Um, he, when I called up to get on, she goes, "Oh, I'm a big speech impediment man." Fan. I've heard him on Howard Stern all the time, and, and he was asking six questions. And uh, when she goes, I'm a speech impediment man fan from Howard Stern, I'm figuring, well, she's cool. Everything our, our goes, so she, I'm going to say. So I'm asking her about anal sex like you know uh ron jeremy told me this once that you're gonna have anal the girl you want to like point her ass up in the air and point her head so the shit is going down and you don't get the shit on your helmet and the lady got offended by that. And I'm so like, alive. wait a minute. You said you're Science. a speech impediment man fan and you've heard me on Howard. So you got to know what's coming. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand these people. I mean, and and nowadays, I mean, have, have you seen this thing that they came out with these passport where you don't have to check male or female you could check x which means i don't know what you are you don't have to tell anyone just x just like Does that mean you're like a mutant yes. from the x-men is that yeah, what that is I'm a, I'm a... yeah <laughs> and, and last, last night some some lady was on the news and she looked like that Omar lady, Muslim lady, and she had the the sheet all on her. And they're asking her about it, and she goes, "I don't have to tell people my sex." And you're like, "Well, what's the big difference here? You're, I you're mean, one or the other. You're a dude or you're a chick. Yeah. Who cares? Yes. Or even if you identify as one." Go by that one. Like, right. say you're that right. one. Right. I mean, nowadays, everything's just crazy. The, the left, I don't, 
I don't know what they're doing. Some of it is like, I'm they, I'm them. Like, what is that? You're a couple people? I'm they, I'm them. And then when you call them a they or a them, they get pissed off. And you're like, what am I supposed to do here? How dare you call me a a therm? Never, never, right. It's true. Yeah, you're you're never right. That's it. You, you they're always you're right. never right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> and I would like to know them. Those um, hearing about the DOJ dude. Have you seen these? This guy Garland and the real jackoff. The one in the senators, he told him off and goes, you're a disgrace and you need to resign immediately. No. <laughs> and I'm like, Geez, laughing. I mean, some of these things they're coming up with are just hysterical. I'm all for everybody doing what they want, but yeah, don't make it so confusing where you, anything and somebody says is going to be... A big issue, like just, just. Well, uh, yeah. From what I get, some girl got raped by some kid dressed in, as a girl in a skirt, and the school board's trying to cover it up. So I don't know. It's just out of control. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, comedians gotta make fun of it. That's I mean, another thing. Comedy was one of the last free areas, yes, I feel. Did. And now they, I'm not, they started going after comedians. I'm like, I'm you know what? I'm a comedian. If I see something funny, don't blame me for, for making fun of it. I mean, <laughs> that's my job. We're jerking off to it. That's what I would say. <laughs> this is true this is true right if it's this wrong I don't, be, I don't i don't want to be right <laughs> that's right that's right jeffrey are you still Isn't on that... are you still on howard stern uh no i'm not uh howard like uh he does it out of his basement he's uh that things have changed he's totally turned to the left he's um one of the hollywood elite yeah Uh, he pouts around with jimmy kimmel i mean howard could do what he wants but i mean a lot of people find it hypocritical i mean he made his money one way, and now he turned the other. Or still walk uh, a mean, line. Walk a line where you're, you know, you're that's right. not one way or the other. Be, that's right. Be in the middle, yeah. That's right. Guys like me and Elephant Boy that got up at, at 2.30 in the morning, and we're on hold for a couple hours to talk to him. We're his real fans, not Whoopi Goldberg or Rosie O'Donnell or any of them Hollywood yentas. So is he still on Sirius? Yeah, I didn't know. I have heard he's gone, Uh, his own type of thing. Yeah, he's still on Sirius. He does uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, he doesn't even do the, Robin doesn't do the news anymore. Uh, 
Really? Um, yeah. To tell you the truth, I mean, I don't even listen to the show just because he's so far to the left. Wow. Uh, a lot of fans tell me that all they do is listen to Howard 101. They listen to replays. To older stuff, Yeah. That's what I, I remember him as, like, even just like you said, like, even just, yeah. even using terms that we don't use anymore, like, okay, maybe you've moved on from them, but you've still done that, so, like, right, still be, still right. be more for the free speech type of thing. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, uh, true. Yeah. I think what pissed a lot of people off is when he had um, Andrew Cuomo on his show. Did he help promote his book? And um, I think that kind of pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. I mean, he he could do what he wants, but I mean, I I don't know. I I, find it hypocritical. I even found it back in the earlier days when I I, I got to come out and say I was more of an Opie Anthony fan when they started coming out. And he was trying to silence them. Like, he just seemed like a hypocrite even back then where they were owned by the same company. And he tried to get them where they couldn't even talk about him. Like, that just seemed like... Well, yeah. Well, uh, funny you bring Opie and Anthony up. Lately, I've been... um... Anthony started uh, Compound Media. Yes. And I've been uh, calling into a show there in hot water with Gino Piscotti and Aaron Berg. Yes. And I've been uh, touring around with him doing some comedy. Cool. And um, I... I really didn't know Anthony, but uh, we were in Cleveland, and I sat down and talked to him, and he seems like a real good guy now. Um, yeah. Even back in the I day, mean, I ran into them a couple times, and Anthony always, even Opie, even when I ran into them back in the day, like they just were more decent to talk to, and I know they've had their things, and they've had their falling outs, but I've always had a much better experience with them and their people than uh, than Howard. Howard seemed to be. Howard yeah, seemed to be. I mean, I mean, um, well, it got to a point at Opie and Anthony were like, uh, Opie got a little jealous because Anthony had like old, like a good rapport with all the comedians like Jim Norton that yes. would come on. Yes. And that broke him up. And the fans. But, uh, I feel like Anthony was always more of yeah. the favorite. Who was a favorite. Yeah, but I mean, just talking to Anthony, he seems like a more down-to-the-earth guy. He doesn't take it too serious. And yeah. I mean, Howard, I mean... He used to talk about how, like, he would do the show and then come home and lock himself in his basement and work on the next show. I mean, it just seemed he... I like Howard, and I'm I'm always going to be a Howard fan because he made me who I am. Yeah. But, I mean, it seems that he took it a little too serious where Anthony... 
kind of seems like, well, if they come, they come. If they don't, what the hell? Yeah, that and oh, and, and just always, I hadn't even heard, even when I was right out of high school, I knew people. Because like, I grew up in North Jersey, and I heard, uh, I had friends in college who were, their parents had known him, had known Howard, and just saying how much of a paranoid guy he was. Right. Like... That he didn't trust anybody and, and always, like you said, almost like locked himself in, like secluded himself from other people. Like he always seemed, always seemed like a guy like that. Well, I still keep in touch with some Howard people like uh, Steve Grillo, who was an intern there, and Mike Ganvey and, yeah. and uh, other people. And I don't know, I've heard some stories about Howard being paranoid and stuff. And yeah. I mean, you kind of like, I mean, I don't, I mean, rich people, I think, I mean, why do you have to be that way? You don't have to be a dick. I mean, you've yeah. already made it. Enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, or maybe to an extent, point? maybe to an extent, but not to that extent right. that I've heard with him. Well, yeah, but I mean, half the uh, like who had the great attitude is Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he was on Howard, and Howard was asking him some questions, and he's like, "No, I don't care. I'm rich. What the hell? <laughs> Which is the attitude you should have? You have all the money in the world. You could go wherever you want, do whatever I mean, you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would it hurt you to be a nice guy? What the heck? I yeah. mean." Give a no-name a thing. And you know what really bugs me is I was doing some shows, and Howard even told me, he goes, speech impediment man, I don't like you using speech impediment man from the Howard Stern show to build your show. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I was on your show so that's a credit. I mean, what hurt is speech impediment man doing to a big guy like Howard Stern? There's no point yeah. in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speech impediment man, we have to wrap this up, but dude, it's been great. I thank you so much for coming on our show. Okay, well, no problem. I'm kind of sorry I kind of hogged the time on the time. No, you did. <laughs> but you did great, you, my friend. You did awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll have to do it again sometime. Definitely. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm all over the place. You know, Sam. Sam could get a hold of me all the time. Hell yeah, Sam Nemo from Reckless. Airwaves Radio. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us, Speech Man. No problem. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank and you. like you said, we'll do it again, my friend. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Have a good one. Have a good one. And okay. have a happy Halloween. And we'll be back next week for the live viewers uh and if not you'll be finding stuff we'll be putting it out there 
Am I a joke to you? Yes, you are a fucking joke. You fucking suck. You've always sucked. You, you, you know why we haven't fought in years? Because you're an embarrassment to me, and I don't need you anymore. I don't need anybody. All I do is eat ass and 69 Nintendos, bro, every day. Or maybe you hate me because I am the only man to see how far you have fallen. I used to fear you, respect you. Now all that's left is pity for a sad, drunk shell of a man, too afraid to see how alone he truly is. 